a few days ago, I got a phone call from um, a lady who is on this pathway of initiation. And she called and we started talking and then she got real quiet. And I couldn't figure out what the quiet was about for a minute. And then she said, you know what? I called to tell you that I'm really upset with you. And I said, oh, good. Now we have something to talk about. And I said, so what are you upset about? And she said, well, when I started looking at this pathway, I had been involved in a lot of the psychic and stuff. I came out of a church practice and got involved in the psychic, and I thought I'd found the solution for my life with affirmations and just so many different things that I was doing. But when I heard about Interlight Ministries and heard about the pathway of meditation and initiation that you offered, I was intrigued, and it felt as though it had a piece of the puzzle that I always felt I was missing in all the practices I was doing up until now. And I thought for sure that when I got this last piece of the puzzle, which was the initiation, that everything would fall into place and my life would just get so simple and easy and I wouldn't have any more problems. And I said, and did it happen that way? And she said, hell no. <laughs> she said, all that happened was everything sort of unraveled in front of my eyes. Everything. Everything that I was holding in place and figuring out and make things happen the way I wanted them to just came unraveled right in front of my face. And I couldn't do anything to get it to go back together. I couldn't hold it together anymore. It just kept unraveling. And I would meditate and I would chant that name thinking that somehow it was going to return back to where it had been. But it never did. I stopped meditating thinking that maybe if I stopped meditating, it would go back to where it was. But it never did. It didn't seem to be unraveling as fast. But then by the time I realized what this unraveling was about, it was too late to change it. I couldn't make it go back together. I couldn't hold it together where it was still at. It just kept unraveling. And I said, so what unraveled? What is it that unraveled in front of your eyes? And she said, my relationships with my parents, my relationships with my siblings, my relationships with my husband, my relationship with my children, my relationships at work, my relationship with the world about money and finances and taking care of myself in that way. And I said, and so what was it that unraveled in all that that you're upset about? And she said, well, all of a sudden I realized that I had a certain responsibility with all these people, that I had to participate in their lives. I had to do things with them and for them. I was used to having people do it for me. I was the princess. I was always being taken care of and nurtured. My husband always took care of everything I needed. He did it. He paid for it. He got it for me. My kids, they took care of a lot of the things around the house. I didn't have to do it. I set it up in such a way as that they were, in a sense, my servants, and they took care of that. And at work, I arranged it so that other people were doing my work. I set it up in such a way that I had a lot of work to do, but I could move it to this person's desk or that person's desk, and it all got done. Well, as soon as I 
started meditating and I got initiated, everybody's relationship with me changed. They started putting back the responsibility on me. All of a sudden, I'd put something on somebody's desk and the next morning it was back on mine, unfinished. And I'd go to them and say, well, you know, I, I, I hate to bother you, but this didn't get done. I think you made a mistake and returned it too quick. And they said, no, I didn't return it too quick. I'm not doing your work anymore. Then she'd get home and her kids were saying to her, mom, you're the mom. You do the mom's things. Don't make us do mom. We'll do our chores in our room and take care of things that way, but we're not going to do all the housework for you and we're not going to do all the cooking and all this for you anymore. We've got our own lives to put together now and we want to be teenagers and we want to go out and live our life and not just live here taking care of you. And then my husband said, well, you've got a job. You've, you're earning your money. Why don't you buy it out of your own money? I'll take care of the household. I'll take care of everything. And you just pay for whatever it is you want out of your own money. She said, that's when I got damn mad at you, Jim. I can't afford the things I want. My husband can. He wants me to pay for all these things out of my pocket, and I can't afford it. I've got to get a better paying job. I've got to hire a maid now to come in and take care of a lot of the things around the house that all the kids were taking care of. And now I'm having to work. I'm really having to work at work. And before, I just showed up. I had coffee breaks. I could talk with people. I did a few things, but I didn't really have to work. And I saw all these things unravel right before my eyes as soon as I got initiated and started chanting this name of God. And I've been really upset with you. And this morning when I was sitting in my meditation chair and I was thinking about, do I want to meditate anymore or not? I was thinking, I better call Jim and just talk to him about this. And she said, I was going to meditate one more time. That was, I was going to meditate one more time. And I was going to tell you, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard. I don't want to do all this work. I don't want to have this hard life. I want to go back to the other way. And I wanted to ask you how to get back to having it the way it was. And I went into meditation, complaining to God like I have been lately, complaining about all these things. And I got an answer inside my meditation. And that was, why don't you be quiet? Why don't you just be quiet? Stop complaining to God. Stop complaining to yourself. Stop complaining about other people and just be quiet. And take care of those things that are right in front of you right now. Take care of them. Take care of your children. Take care of your husband. Take care of your home. Take care of your work. But most important, take care of you. And she said, she sat there for the longest time in her meditation. And then finally she had the courage to say, how do I take care of myself? And she said, this voice said, I thought you'd never ask. But here's how you take care of yourself. Daily you meditate. 
you come inside and you sit here with me and you share your loving with me and let me share my loving with you. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Let me share my loving with you. And she said, what else? And the voice said, do that and then we'll go further. Do that and then we can go further. But until you do that, your life will be what it is. You want the grace? You want the simplicity? You want the ease? Do what I've asked. And then let's talk. So when she called me, she called me still to let me know that she was upset. But she said, but now I think I know what I need to be doing. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I know what I've got to do. And I said, so what is that? And she says, I just need to let God love me. And she said, so I do have a question, and then I'll leave you alone. I said, don't ever leave me alone. I'm here to assist you and to walk with you all the way through this if you want me to. And she said, well, I won't bother you with all my problems right now. And maybe I'll get them solved on my own. But I do have one question. When that voice said to love God and then to allow him to love me, was that voice God? And I said, that voice was the voice of loving. And loving is God. And that voice of loving was inviting you to begin to truly participate in the movement of loving. In the movement of loving. Apparently, what from what you're saying, you were going into meditation, demanding of God, asking of God, pushing around at things, trying to get them to work the way they're supposed to work for you. And it wasn't working. But yet it was. Because things started changing. And sometimes we've got to see change in our life in order to begin to do change. If we won't do the change inside of ourselves to bring about a new, refreshed experience of life, then oftentimes things will begin to change around us to force us to move into that action. She goes, that's it. That's my life. And now I see I'm the one who's got to move. I'm the one who's got to change. And she said, so I understand I'm supposed to open up and receive God's loving. But what is it I'm supposed to be doing in the world? I've got, I've got so much in the world that is just a pain for me. And I'm suffering through it. I don't even know if I want to stay with my family. I'm just ready to give my husband the kids and give my husband the house and just walk away from it all and not have to deal with it. And I said, well, then that's where you start. You start right there in your home. And just as you're going to now allow the loving into you, let that loving then move into your home, however it wants to move. Remember, loving is a continual action. It is ever in motion. It never stagnates. That's love. 
That's the romantic love of the world. It stagnates. It has a beginning and an end point. Always, 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 always. The love of the world has a beginning and an end. And oftentimes, it's a short-lived love. The beginning and the end is very close together, actually. But in the movement of this divine river of loving, it is ever-moving. And what you do not want to do is create a dam inside yourself and try to hold on to all this loving inside of you. Move it, keep it in action, keep sharing it, and you will receive more. You give it to God and God gives it to you, and then you give it to others. You give it to the world. And it's in giving that you shall receive. So she said, you know, I've known this for months. I've known it. I've known it. When all these things started happening, I put on a CD and Brian was sharing something. And he said, let go and let God. But then he said, but how about this? Why not let God and let go? Well, I won't let go. I am so much a controller. I will just not let go. I'm determined to get it my way. And what you're describing to me is letting go and letting the loving do what it's going to do. That I don't know if I can do it. And I said, you won't know till you try. You won't know till you do it. You've got to put it into motion somehow. So from that, I'm waiting now to hear back from her what her experience is with this, how this moves for her. Do I still stay the villain or do I become the hero? I don't know. I don't want to be either. I just want to be of assistance. And that's what Brian and I are here to do is ever to be of assistance. We can't make you do anything. Just like your mom and dad really couldn't make you do just a whole lot. But we can offer, we can point a direction. We can give guidance and clarity. We can give technique and process. But we can't do it for you and we can't make you do it. And sometimes the hardest thing there is in one's life is to confront change, to move through your life where everything has been easy, simple, the same, predictable, controllable, manageable, whatever you might put words on and have to go into an experience of change in that whether it be about a career, about finances, about relationship, whatever. Change is challenging for most of us. I've met a few people who really like change, and if things aren't changing, they begin stirring things up so that they do. I, myself, am one that does not like change a whole lot. I've learned to relax into it, and I've seen now how valuable change is. 
But when I was growing up as a child, as a teenager, and in my 20s, change was something that I avoided. I did not like, I did not want it. And every time Spirit offered me an opportunity to move into something different called change, your life is changing now, things are changing inwardly, outwardly, I would struggle with it for a while, just like this woman was, trying to figure out how to keep it status quo. No change. But over the years, I found that change is the greatest gift that the world can give us. And change is the most predictable thing in this world that we have. Everything is ever-changing. Everything. And so we have learned over years to accept that change in certain ways. For instance, when you look in the mirror every day, do you see the same person you were when you were 20 years old? Or 15 years old? No. Every day there's something that's changing about your appearance, about you that you see in that mirror. But you've learned to accept it. You've moved into an action of acceptance, of getting older, of change that comes about with age. You've learned to accept change through the deaths of family and friends around you and to confront those changes that those deaths bring about. Change is everywhere. Sometimes it's very dramatic, and it's right in our face, boldly challenging us. And other times, there's these subtle little changes that we aren't even aware of until after a certain point of effect upon us, and then it's like, oh my God, what's going on here? It was like slowly somebody was pulling the rug out from under your feet. And then all of a sudden there's one big pull and there you are in the midst of change. So look into your life now. If you are meditating, if you are an initiate, look into your life right now and look where you were prior to starting this pathway. What was your life like? What was it really like? And then look and see where it is you are right now and what is your life like. And I wonder, I wonder if you would agree that even though a lot of things have dropped away. A lot of things have changed. That you've had to do some real work within yourself, within your relationships, within the world. That your life is better now than it was prior to being on this pathway. Maybe your answer is yes and maybe no. From a spiritual standpoint, I do know that it is yes. Because 
you have begun to experience and understand and live into and choose into neutrality, into loving, into forgiving and accepting. You've begun to choose into putting God first. You have begun to take responsibility for your own thoughts and your feelings, for your actions and your reactions, and not put it upon others. And all that makes your life simpler and even easier. But also it makes it more fulfilling because you are, begoing, you are beginning to experience that movement of loving. And that is a fulfillment of oneself in this creation to be able to live in that movement of loving. But yes, you could also put in there these complaints. Yeah, but all my friends have dropped away. I don't have very many people to associate with anymore or to do things with anymore because I'm not interested in what they're doing. I don't want to go out and be drinking. I don't want to do the drugs. I don't want to go party. It just is an energy that doesn't fit in my life anymore like it did. Or whatever it is that you might say. You might find that your relationship with your parents have changed, the relationship with your siblings have changed, or whatever it might be at work. But that's all moving into neutrality, into loving, into the centeredness of this pathway. And what is one of the key actions of this pathway? Detachment. Detachment. Letting go of those things that we thought were so important that we couldn't live without, that we have to have to feel good about ourselves. Detachment. And what is detachment? It's a choice. It really is a choice. You look at something and you say, is that really all that important? Do I have to keep holding on to it to keep that relationship alive? Do I have to feed it all the time and make it happen? Or do I just let it go? Detachment. And see what might happen. Well, Oftentimes, if you're the one that's been feeding it and keeping it alive all these years, and all of a sudden you let it go and stop feeding it the way it has been fed to keep it attached to you and you attach to it, you're more than likely going to find detachment. And maybe you don't even detach yourself. They just detach themselves from you because you're not doing what they want anymore. And that's okay. Because what is this path about as well? Freedom. Freedom. Freedom from this world. <laughs> Freedom of the soul. Being caught up in the bondage of the mind, the emotion, the imagination, and the things of this world. Freedom. So look and see if in your life there's more freedom inside. Maybe not freedom in the world, but freedom inside. Because this path is about the inner. 
and then it bleeds over, it pours over into the outer and impacts the outer, but it isn't about getting it in the outer first. It's about having it from the inside out. Be filled up that thy cup runneth over, and from that share that movement of loving. I remember when I was in my 20s and I was doing this type of work in my counseling work and I was doing my sharings in the evenings at different people's homes along with my work at work every day. And I can remember one day I was just feeling absolutely drained to the point I thought I was going to get sick. And I was blaming it all on work. You know, working 60 hours a week and and all that, I was just blaming it on work. And then I got it very clear in my meditation one morning. It has nothing to do with work. It has to do with your relationships with these people that you're working with in this action of spirit, in the counselings and in your sharing. And that I was getting too attached to my sharings with them. I was watching to see if what I had shared was having an impact, if it was moving them. And if not, then I would try to figure out how to help them to begin moving things differently or help them with their problems and solve their problems for them in the counseling work. And then Spirit said something to me very, very loud and clear that was so clear and it's something I ever had to keep bringing back up in my own self because of my own nature of wanting to just give and help and do for others. And that was, Jim, give of the overflow, remember. Be filled overflowing and give of the overflow. If you are not filled to the overflowing and you give, you are giving of your own life force and not of the overflow of loving. And you will drain your life force. You will be tired. And if you're not careful, you could even hurt your physical form and the life force here by giving of it, trying to manifest something in others' lives. But if you give of the loving and you give of the overflow, one, you do not try to make anything happen. You just share the loving and let the loving do what it's going to do in their lives. And that loving may come about instantly, and they begin to see transformation in themselves as they begin to let the loving impact them and move them to loving. And it may take five or ten or twenty years for that which you share with them as loving from the overflow to finally begin to bring about change and movement. And you may never be there. You may never know them at that moment to witness that it has happened. And guess what, Jim? It's not for you to witness. It is only for you to share. And that is something I am ever reminding myself of because I still today do like Jesus did. I am very caring and very compassionate and I just want everybody to have God and spirit and loving and change and happiness in their lives. And I have to be very careful not to give of my life force 
because I'd like to stay here a few more years than, than I would if I just gave of my life force. And I know that giving that life force can have an impact on some people's lives, but it's not the fulfillment that I know loving can manifest. But you know what happens with loving? You still have to do the work. The teacher can't do the work for you. You make the choices, you make the decisions, you make the changes, you take action instead of reaction. So it means you do the work. You've got to change your attitude and your belief systems and the way you move inside of you and in the world. And I would bet that if you've walked this pathway for a while and you've done this meditation and you are an initiate, you are doing that. Maybe some to some greater degree and some to the lesser, but you are doing that. And you are witnessing in your own life what that does mean. You are the only one that can witness in your life for your life. No one else can. I can't witness for you. No one can witness for you but you. I may see little changes, but you know the truth of those changes inside of you, and only you do. And you only know how hard or how easy it was to get there. And you know what it took to move through all those things to make your life what it is today. But I can almost guarantee that if you've been walking this path for a while, your life has changed. And then my question would be, now, right now, where you are today, <laughs> after all these changes, after these meditations, after this action of loving in your life that you have discovered and maybe are choosing to live more and more every day, would you give this up? and go back to where you were before you ever began this practice of meditation? Would you want to go back to that and be pick up where you left off and just continue doing that? Well, I may be the only one in the room that can say, I can't say that because I don't have a place to reference to where I wasn't doing <laughs> but for most of everybody else I would say that yes you do have that point where you can look back and say there it is and no I don't want that anymore that was hell maybe this is purgatory right now but I'm on my way to heaven I don't think any of us want to go back and I hope you don't, because I'll say one other thing, and that is, you can't go back. <laughs> There's no way you can go back. You can try. You can try. You can come back and do all those things that you had been doing before. All those things, whatever it was. You could go back and start doing them all over again, but it would not be the same. Because of what you know now. That will go with you. 
and it will haunt you. (laughs) It will haunt you. Because you now know the choices you can make. Back then you didn't. You didn't know these things were available to you. You didn't know how to do these things. You didn't know the choices. And so you weren't making them. You weren't doing them. You were just living what was present in the moment. Stuck in pain or in joy. Whatever it was. So I can guarantee that yes, you can... Go back and do exactly what you were. Just stop doing all this and go back and do exactly what you were doing whenever it was before you walked in these doors, before you got initiated. But it wouldn't be the same. Because you know something different now. You have sensed that movement of the divine inside. You have witnessed inside yourself change and growth and loving and a greater peace and joy. And yeah, it isn't consistent. It's not every day, and it's not all day, but you've witnessed it. And that is going to transform anything you move into now. If you go back to the old ways, (coughs) they'll just begin to transform and move back into this new action that you're already doing right now today. It'll just be automatic because of the frequency, the vibration of loving that you carry with it. Wherever you take loving, things change. And once you have loving anchored inside of you, you can't give it up. You can't stop it from moving. It is ever in action. Now, you can do one thing. You can do what you did when you entered into the physical creation. And that was you can just turn away from it and say, Nope. Can't hear you, can't feel you, can't see you, but it's right there. And the only thing is that you know it's there. But when you came into this physical creation, you turned on the realms of spirit, you turned away from them, and looked into the world and got caught up in them. And you did go into forgetfulness. You forgot very quickly where you came from. And you forgot the truth and lived the illusion. Well, now you've chosen to taste the truth once again. You've chosen to turn away from the illusion now and turn back to the truth. If you were to turn away from that truth now and turn back into the illusion, I can guarantee you won't forget. You can't forget this time because God will choose you into remembering. If you will not choose yourself into remembering, God will. Through the longing, through the pull, through the call. To remember you and remind you back to the truth of who you are. So you continue the journey home to God and not go back into the illusion once again to be trapped. Once you're initiated, In any lifetime, once you're initiated, things are different. You've begun another part of the journey, home to God. You can resist, you can fight, you can turn away from, but believe me, ultimately, today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, 
the next lifetime, you will choose back into the loving once again and just pick up where you left off. Where you left off. So I guess that's my little message for the day. <laughs>